Live from the Jacob Media Studios, it's Serving Our Nation with Dr. Paul McCullough on News Talk 1400 WOND. Be inspired, learn and understand the power of becoming a servant leader and transform your life while serving our nation. Meet those who have served our country. Learn about prosperity and overcome sickness, poverty, and despair. Serving Our Nation begins right now. Good afternoon and welcome to Episode 9 of Serving Our Nation on News Talk 1400 WOND. I'm your host, Reverend Dr. Paul McCullough. It is an honor to be here with you today. And if today is the first time that you're joining the program, I just want to very quickly express to you the idea and the heart behind this program. Serving Our Nation is focused on encouraging people to become servant leaders. Each week, I have at least two guests come on, and I want to offer you hope and encouragement through their stories of servant leadership, because I truly believe that when you spend your life serving others and honoring God, blessings just naturally flow from that as a natural byproduct from serving other people. And I really believe beyond the shadow of a doubt that serving is for everyone in any walk of life. If you've listened to some of the previous episodes, you've heard from the Honorable Patrick Murphy and Major General Clem Coward of how they serve people in the areas of military. In the area of business, a couple of weeks ago, I had on Melissa Fitzgerald. In faith, I've had on multiple people, including Pastor Phil Caparelli and last week, Chaplain Scott McChrystal. In community, Mr. Bob Frollo, who's from this area. And shout out to all the veterans in the Atlantic County area. And in family, a couple of weeks ago, I had on Nikki and Andy Lucas. So when you listen to all these people's stories, you should really hear and feel that when you see a need, you need to feel that need. Because more than anything else, we're all ministers. We're all given special gifts and called to serve and love each other with those special gifts. Now each week I want to just share with you a little bit about myself. And this week I'm going to tell you that through my long military career of 20 years, 2 months, and 2 weeks... I've come to develop two external families, as I refer to them. First is my military family that has developed through countless friends that I've come across in 10 assignments and nine moves. And then my church family, I've developed through a number of small groups because with every installation that I go to, I want to get engaged in that local church. And part of that church is through small groups. And so today I have two great examples of servant leaders that are going to be the guests today. In the first half, I have Lieutenant Colonel Mark M. Meeker and his wife, Kristen. Mark is a career military officer. Kristen is an educator and a counselor, and they're both military parents. In the second half, I've got Mr. Danny Nolan. He's a veteran, a former police officer, and a worship leader. Both of them are my dear, really good friends. And when we come back from the break, I'll be joined by Lieutenant Colonel Mark Meeker and his wife, Kristen. Stay with us. We'll be right back. You're listening to Serving Our Nation with Dr. Paul McCullough, a Jacob Media Production. And welcome back to Serving Our Nation on News Talk 1400 WOND. I'm your host, Reverend Dr. Paul McCullough, and I'm joined here today by two of my longtime friends, Lieutenant Colonel Mark M. Meeker, whom I'm affectionately come to know as M3, and his lovely wife, Kristen. Mark and Kristen, are you with us? Yes, we yeah, are. Yeah, indeed we are. Can you hear us okay? Absolutely. First of all, thank you so much for taking the time today to join the program. 
Our pleasure. Uh, we're very much looking forward to talking to you and your audience. So, Mark, I want to start with you, if that's okay. You and I are both career military officers, and you've had a very strong and diverse background. But if it's okay, I wonder if you could start with telling our audience, why did you join the Army, specifically the Army and the military writ large? Well, I kind of have to give you a thumbnail sketch of uh, how I initially got started. Uh, I grew up in the 80s, and I was uh, one of those big hair metal kind of kids with long hair down to the back of uh, my shoulders. And when I told my dad that I had an interest in being in the Army, he had to pick his job off the floor. Uh, he did that because uh, he never thought that I would be interested in the Army, but uh, I, I liked Army things, technical things, uh, and I figured there was no better way to actually work with Army material than to go into the Army. Uh, it turned out that it also kind of uh, developed a patriotic streak in me. Uh, it's been tremendous to actually make a difference in, in uh, our nation's history, uh, and in the world at large, uh, as a result of military service. So, Mark, when you talk about being a long-haired metal kid, that really surprised me. And of all the time that we've known each other, I did not know that about you, that you once <laughs> used to have really long hair and be into heavy metal. Well, there's no place to to, do, to put that out better than, than on a, a public radio show. <laughs> <laughs> it's out there now. Everybody knows. <laughs> So what really inspired you? I mean, I heard you talk about uh, a bit of patriotism and wanting to, you know, play with Army things, if you will, but I know that uh, your father has been a strong influence in your life, and you mentioned him initially. Like, did that play into the equation? So, yeah, I would, I would say that it did. Uh, I'm a third-generation military officer. My grandfather fought in World War II uh, and in Korea, and my father fought in Vietnam. And uh, I, was, I was proud to serve after them and following their footsteps, even going so far as to borrow some of their rank when I, uh, as I rose up through the ranks uh, for it to be pinned on my lapel. But uh, it, it just, it's, it's built, uh, it, it's been a very valuable sort of a, a lesson to me about uh, how much an individual can contribute when he's a part of a big team. Yeah. Uh, and I think that's why I enjoy it. And so, during the time that you served, uh, and I don't think you had mentioned when you joined, but I'd, I'd like to know how long you've served and what jobs that you've had throughout your career where you were able to exercise servant leadership as an Army officer. Well, so I, I'm, I'm at the cusp of rounding out 25 years of military service. Uh, I'll be retiring in February of 2022. Uh, and... and uh, so the second part of your question, I think the, the most amazing part of working in the military has been working with the soldiers and uh, in more, more, more recent jobs uh, with the Department of the Army Civilians. Uh, that's, that's because I, I never say that I am in charge of people. I bring them in as a participative leader, and uh, uh, I find that everybody has something to bring to the table. Uh, as a leader, it's our job to figure out what that, that strength is and then to capitalize on that strength so the person feels like a, a contributing member of the team. Uh, and that's, that's been my mantra and the way I've served my people. Everybody that I've, I've worked with, well, I shouldn't say everybody because they're always outliers, but a lot of the people I've worked with have, have really uh, gone places in their career. Uh, one example is that uh, I had a young man who I had to counsel as a young soldier. Uh, he had shoplifted something from a store and got caught 
And as a company commander, uh, using the Uniform Code of Military Justice, I had to decide what kind of punishment I was going to give him as part of what's known as an Article 15. And I knew that he had a family, so I took that into consideration, and uh, I, I doled out the punishments in such a way that they wouldn't affect him and his family as much. And he was genuinely appreciative of the second chance, and he took that and made something out of himself. And in 2015, I bumped into him in Korea, and he was a first sergeant. Wow. So he really, he really went places. That's saying something about your leadership, for sure. Yeah, it was a surprise when we met. He asked me where my hair had gone. <laughs> <laughs> so when you talk about everyone has something to contribute, everybody has something that they bring to the table, I distinctly remember our time in Japan together, and you were not in a official leadership position, but I do distinctly remember you being very charismatic and the civilians, the NCOs, and the officers in that office kind of gravitating to you and looking to you for thoughts and your wisdom and your guidance and your leadership. I, I distinctly remember you having that effect on people, regardless of their grade. Wow, that, that's a very humbling statement, Paul. I, I, uh, I'm very thankful to hear that. I just, uh, I, I just figured that uh, I cracked enough funny jokes that, that they thought it was, it was a better day if they got a laugh from me or something like that but uh, it's interesting to hear a second perspective so when you talk about your very long army career and first of all congratulations on your upcoming retirement 25 years is quite an accomplishment but when you reflect back on that what do you think has been the most memorable moment in those 25 years is that the young man that you gave a second chance to with the shoplifting or is there something else well, I, I definitely placed that one with the, the young man who did the shoplifting up very, very high on my list because it puts a face to uh, what you called servant leadership. Yeah. Uh, but, but for me personally, I think uh, it, one of my most memorable moments was uh, I was I was at the depth of despair as I finished out my company command and I was told that I was going to deploy. Uh, as you know, company command is a very challenging time for both a, a soldier and his family. And, uh, and then I was immediately told that I was going to deploy after that. Um, I, I found the strength to push through the deployment, and I came back safely. And what happened was I had a good leader who recognized my strengths and recommended me for the acquisition corps. And that's what made me realize that dream that I had when I was a long-haired teenager of working with technical things and doing research and development on behalf of the U.S. military. Uh, and so that was a very memorable moment because I had that, that servant leadership sort of thing done to me. And uh, he found out that I was a, a square peg, and he put me in a square hole. And uh, sure enough, uh, the last goodness, almost 15 years of my career have been a, a fantastically fun roller coaster ride. Mark, you know, I'm, I'm really glad that we're having this conversation because of all the times that we've talked and had dinner and everything else, I did not know this particular fact about you. And I've had a very similar experience. When I finished company command, I was thinking about getting out and that didn't work out for me for a number of reasons. And shortly after that decision point, the Army decided in its infinite wisdom to deploy me. And it was during that deployment 
that an 05 a lieutenant colonel spoke words of life into me and that is also when I joined the acquisition corps now you and I have very different strengths and you're more of a tinker kind of guy but I have always liked computers and technology and things of that nature and so that's kind of why I wanted to get into the acquisition corps so it's very interesting the kind of parallel paths that we've shared there absolutely and and uh, you should never undercut yourself on your on your tinkering skills. I do seem to remember some story about uh, a high school kid doing some hacking of some sort, <laughs> uh, above and beyond his years in terms of what he did. So, I know not uh, of which you speak. Well, Mark, the other thing I wanted to ask you about your military service, like, how has that blessed you, right? You're coming up on your retirement in February of next year. What, what's been the biggest blessing that you've received from serving as an Army officer? Goodness, uh, there, there are so many blessings. Uh, first of all, it's, it's given me the blessing of a strong marriage. Yeah. Uh, you know, my wife decided to get into the military with me. Uh, we were high school sweethearts. And we went through college together, and then when I got an ROTC scholarship, I told her, look, this means I'm going into this career. Are you going to do this with me? And she said yes, and we got married, and she has, she has helped me in ways that you wouldn't believe when it comes to managing the challenges that the military throws at us, from, from pulling a trailer out of a ditch in the desert of California to, uh, to uh, carrying my second child while uh, I was away on deployment. Uh, that's that's been probably the biggest blessing. Uh, the second blessing is probably just the diversity of experiences that uh, military service has given both my wife, myself, and then also our children. Yeah. Um, Kristen has had the opportunity to work in four different countries, and uh, uh, the kids got to grow up in those countries, and they understand that there's a much bigger world out there than just the United States where they live. Uh, and it gives them a great opportunity for compassion and an ability to understand other people because they had to have this unique challenge of communicating in different countries and in different locations. Absolutely. Well, you mentioned your lovely wife, Kristen. I want to ask her a couple questions if that's okay. Kristen, th- there's so many different parallels between your family and my family because my wife is also an educator, but you've had a slightly different mm-hmm. twist with your career. You've served as a counselor. So I, I wonder, like, what has that been like for you to serve military children as an educator and as a counselor? What's that been for you? Um, it's been amazing. Um, as a counselor, I feel for me, it's um, I'm able to help all of the students at that school and um, help guide them and teach them um, the life skills, the growth mindset, the how to how to the resiliency skills um, so that they can grow and develop and um, live happy successful lives is my hope <laughs> yeah now knowing Mark and you for quite a while I know that there's been a lot that you've had to deal with as a military spouse and a mom how has your experience as an educator kind of translated into that support for Mark and your kids um, my experience as an educator, um, I would say that it's given me the insight into the different systems in education so that I can um, support the kids, especially, um, you know, not um, all transitions are smooth and sometimes they struggle. And being able to identify 
um, where their struggles are, and then also knowing how to get that support um, has been uh, a blessing, actually, too, um, to be able to, to help them and, and navigate that piece. Um, so, and for Mark, it's been, um, you know, I've been able to help him take care of the kids, and we, we work as a team, because um, now it's kind of flipped around. I think he takes care of the kids <laughs> a little <laughs> bit more, just of our situation, but, um, but you know, like, um, to be able to support him and um, just uh, take care of the kids and um, things like that. Paul, if I could add, uh, I think uh, that that's a key point, you know, as an educator and a counselor. Uh, my wife has been at the school where my children have been in, uh, I think, three different countries. Yeah. And uh, that means that means she can provide not only uh, additional income, which is always fantastic, but also oversight on my children, who are just as unruly as I was at their ages. <laughs> <laughs> not quite. <laughs> not almost. <laughs> Kristen, you've had an equally long career, and you've been with Mark for quite a long time. What would you say is the biggest blessing that you've received from your work in education? You know, Mark talked about being able to take care of the kids and an additional income, but is there something that from your interaction with the students, you know, as an educator and a counselor that you've kind of received as a blessing? Yeah, I think um, I've just, I've been blessed with the ability to connect and build positive, healthy relationships with so many people. And Part of that's through the military, but a lot of it's through through education and through being a counselor um, to be able to stay in touch with with those students and um, see them grow and and how how they're doing and and the families that they've built and um, the way they're just they're thriving. Yeah. And um, for me, that's been a a real blessing, um, and being able to to learn the skills of of communicating and um, being able to to communicate better with with my family and um, and with the students and understand them so um, yeah I wouldn't I wouldn't change I wouldn't change that and to be able to provide I think the support like I, I can't especially this transition and COVID and the environment it's been pretty tough yeah um, for us and um, I, as I imagine it would be for for a lot of people so being able to um to support and know where to get that support, I think, you know, and and not um, having, being afraid to ask for help um, as well, so. Well, we have about a minute left, but you talked about the word communicating, and this is the month of the military child, so I'd like to ask both of you, like, what does that mean to you? Because you've had to de- balance the demands of work and family for your entire career, both of you working together, you both have children that have been exposed to military, the good, the bad, and the ugly, with a lot of traveling and all the things that come with it. So my question to you is, what advice, as husband and wife, as two people that have been in the military community for over 20 years, what advice would you give to military families and parents that are listening and going through some of those things right now and really need that support system you're talking about? Well, that's, that's, a, that's a big question, but I would have to say, uh, as far as advice, I would say don't, don't be afraid of the, the great wild world that you and your family are about to explore if you're starting into the military career, uh, into a military career, because uh, kids, kids tend to be up to the task, although it doesn't seem that way. It, it looks daunting, but all three of my children have just developed a degree of flexibility uh, that a lot of their peers don't have. Yeah. 
Uh, and, you know, uh, when, when you ask a lot of somebody, most of the time they'll rise up to the occasion. And that's, yeah. that's been the case with our children. And, and I can't, there, there have been struggles. No doubt there have been struggles. But solving those struggles makes us stronger as a family. Amen. Yeah. yeah. And not giving up and asking. Yeah, just um, not giving up and asking questions. Like, if, if you know your child best. And so if something's out of the norm, being able to, to just keep asking questions and don't doubt yourself. You're, you are a parent. You are the best parent for your child. And you know your child best. And so um, if something's not right, keep, keep at it. And, um, you know, keep, keep asking those questions. Um, they'll come. That is great. Such wonderful advice. I cannot thank you enough, M3 and Kristen, for being on the program today and sharing your story with so many people. Thank you. Thank you for having us. Thank you as well. It's nice to be uh, friends with a celebrity. (laughs) Thanks, guys. Listen, when we come back from the break... We're talking to you again soon. Thanks, Mark. When we come back from the break, I'll be joined by Mr. Danny Nolan. Stay with us. We'll be right back. If you're interested in connecting with Dr. Paul McCullough or interested in being featured on the show, contact Jacob Media Partners via LinkedIn. Now, back to Serving Our Nation. And welcome back to Serving Our Nation on News Talk 1400 WOND. I'm your host, Reverend Dr. Paul McCullough, and I'm joined here today by my good friend, Mr. Danny Nolan. Danny, are you on the line? I'm here, Paul. Danny, first of all, thank you so much for taking the time out of your schedule to be on the program today. Absolutely. Well, Danny, you've had more opportunities to serve in different capacities than I think anybody I know. But I want to start with your time in the military, if that's okay. Yeah. So what made you want to join the military and specifically the Army? What was that journey like for you? Well, Paul, um, my background was in mortuary service. I was actually a mortuary affairs um, in the military, and prior to that, I was uh, a mortician here in my hometown, central Kansas. Um, after graduating through college and getting my mortuary science degree, uh, I was working at a local funeral home as a funeral director and embalmer, and I just kind of had that urge to do something more, do something bigger and, and better uh, in my service. And so I started researching what I could do with my degree, and that's where 92 Mike, which is the MOS for Mortuary Affairs in the Army, uh, kind of popped under my radar, and I talked with my wife Sarah about it, prayed about it, and uh, went to my recruiter and presented him with a fancy little package of everything he needed to know to sign me up to be a Mortuary Affairs Specialist. So being in Mortuary Affairs, in my mind, and tell me if I'm wrong, but you're essentially serving people in ways that they would never know, but in probably ways that would be the most important thing that has ever been done for them. Is that a fair statement? I mean, humbly, I I don't want to say it's uh, the most important job in the military, but it is definitely um, an important aspect that's behind the scenes. Uh, We would oversee mortuaries in the theater of war. Uh, I ran a mortuary, one of two in Afghanistan, and we would process the uh, remains of any killed in action, um, including 
NATO forces, uh, interpreters, uh, anybody who's um, who's been uh, killed overseas, and we would uh, make sure that their personal effects and everything that they needed would be returned to the home to their families for proper burial. Well, when I think about something that's important, and the reason I said that, I mean, these heroes that you've served, I mean, they've given their last measure of devotion. They died in military service, and you had the distinct honor and privilege of being able to embalm them and, you know, make sure that they're properly dressed and really caring for their families. I mean, think about how bad it would be if they weren't properly cared for and the body didn't look properly and everything else. I mean, that could mortify the family and it could go very, very bad and leave a very permanent scar in their hearts if you hadn't done what you did. Yes, sir. And that's, that's the, uh, that's the pride that comes with the job. The, the embalmers and everybody who works at the port mortuary in Dover, Delaware, they, they are the best of the best and they're going to do everything they can to make sure that family can have that closure. Now, obviously none of the people that uh, you're working with per se, um, are going to interact with you, but I wonder if you've had a most memorable moment, something that you got to do during your military career that, it just made you look back and reflect like, wow, I can't believe I got to do this. Well, every, every case is important. Um, and sometimes we would, uh, stay busier than we wanted to. One of those, those times that, that sticks out is the Camp Chapman attack, uh, which was in 2009. And that was in, um, Afghanistan where there was, uh, seven CIA officers and contracts that was, they were killed along with, uh, Jordanian intelligence, some Afghan workers. Um, at that time, when that when that attack occurred, uh, the CIA came in and basically told us they were taking over our mortuary and we worked for them. Um, it was high profile and uh, rewarding. And as you're well aware, the military gives challenge coins, and mm-hmm. uh, the coin that I received from the CIA agent is probably my most valued. Wow. You know, I have a lot of coins, but I don't think that I have one from a CIA agent. That is pretty <laughs> impressive. Wow. Yeah, I don't I don't know if that one would trump uh, any other coins when it was pulled out or not, but it's important to me. Absolutely. And just for uh, people that are listening that aren't familiar with the concept of a challenge coin, it is given for excellence in the performance of your duties by an external organization or a superior officer. And so for Danny to have received a challenge coin from a CIA agent is a huge deal. Danny also mentioned uh, deployments. I wonder how that affected your wife and your kids. What what was that process like for you? Well, my deployment, uh, I was in OEF 2009 2010. Um, We didn't have a lot of... uh, uh, you know, FaceTime or regular internet access um, where we were, but um, my wife Sarah and my three children um, would usually get a daily phone call from me most of the time in the evening for us. Um, Sarah was in Virginia uh, where we were stationed, and uh, originally, like I guess we were from Kansas, so she didn't have a lot of friends uh, or family. Um, luckily, we had developed a church family there, and they were really. Uh, embraced her while we were gone, but she was home raising the three children by herself, um, you know, being an awesome mom, and uh, I was able to do my job with the uh, comfort that, that my kids were taking care of, even though I was gone. Yeah. 
Well, I know that it's been a while since you were in the military, but when you talk about the month of the military child and the experience that your wife and your kids have had, what does that mean to you, the month of the military child? Is that special or significant to you in any way? Yeah, absolutely. The, the, that recognition that the, the families uh, of military service members, uh, the recognition they get for their sacrifice in a sense because yeah. – um, they have the, they have unique challenges that they have to overcome. Uh, maybe it's maybe it's because they're mobile. Um, they move around a lot. You know, you always hear about the military brat um, yep. jumping from school to school, um, and then just being without that that parental figure. Um, that you know, whether they're gone, whether they're deployed, whether they're you know somebody who's a. a killed in action or, yeah. you know, not able to, to be there with them anymore. Um, they have a, they have those unique challenges and it's nice to be able to recognize them and celebrate them. Absolutely. Well, you mentioned a church family and before you came on in the beginning of the show, I was talking about uh, how over the course of my career I've developed a military family and that's how I came to know my previous guests, Mark and Kristen Meeker, and also a church family. And that's where you and I met. So you've done a lot of things in a church capacity. Can, can you tell our listeners about some of the different roles that you've played and how you've served others in those capacities? Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I grew up in the church. Um, my, Sarah, she grew up in the church. So uh, we both had that uh, influence from families on both sides and both um, learned from a young age that uh, being a servant uh, and in the church is something that is a way that we can give back and, and help serve others and help lead others. Um, probably most notably only because it's a position that's in a little bit more of a spotlight is uh, I, I am a worship leader. Um, I've been on worship teams or leading worship teams in some aspect for the last uh, 20 years. So um, that's uh, you know the church that we were involved in when you and I met. That was uh, a role that I was playing and, and continue to play to this day. Well, I, I want to talk about your music for just a minute. So I've had an opportunity to listen to both you and your wife in a larger group setting in worship at the church and also just the two of you. And it is absolutely inspiring watching and listening to the both of you. So I, I really just wonder how you develop that gifting for music and what has that been like for you to just use those gifts to glorify God and build up others? Because you've done it so well for so long. <laughs> well, thank you. Um, yeah, I, you know, I've, I've been playing guitar since, I don't I think it was my 14th birthday, my parents got me a guitar. Um, I Back in the day in school, they uh, when band class first started, they said, hey, what instrument would you like to play? And I put electric guitar, and so I was in study hall instead of band. Wow. <laughs> so um, they, uh, my folks got me a guitar. Um, I grew up. Uh, in the era of grunge and you know would buy every month uh, the Guitar World magazine off the shelf and look at the music in the back and learn to play the, the current songs um, when I was in my maybe early 20s I was asked by a, uh, a lady at work who knew I played guitar if I wanted to play uh, for a worship team I had no idea um, any, of any of the songs or what uh, was 
getting being asked of me, but I said, sure, why not? And um, that transitioned from kind of my dreams and aspirations of being a, a rock and roll icon to serving in a position of, of leading other people in church. And, and that's really um, where that uh, passion comes from is the ability, again, whether it's a crowd of thousands or a crowd of a couple, being able to usher them into that uh, that place of worship and celebration. I love that, Danny. But, you know, your story doesn't end there because you've also served as a police officer. I mean, the, the amount of ways that you've served is absolutely just mind-blowing for me, seeing all these different roles that you've had and how you just keep serving people time after time after time. So I, I wonder, what made you want to join the police officer? And Like, was there a most memorable moment that you had uh, in your time as a police officer? Yeah, so um, I moved my family back to Kansas and uh, wasn't exactly sure what I was going to do as far as a career, just knew that uh, I, I wanted to get my kids back here to be around their, their cousins and their grandparents. Yeah. Um, and, and so when we moved back here, um, I took a part-time job at a church as a worship leader. Uh, it wasn't paying the bills, um, but it was, uh, you know, that, that serving capacity. So I, I took a job with a, um, as a Forbes list, Fortune 500 company as management, um, very, very good career, good position to be in, uh, but I was miserable. Um, I knew that there was some other calling in my life other than, than sitting at a desk and sitting at yeah. a cubicle. Um, so I contacted a buddy that I'd known for years uh, back here, and he was a, at the time a lieutenant with the local police department. I just asked him what he thought. You know, I said, you know, I'm pushing 40, and uh, I'm, you know, probably older than most of your recruits, but what do you think about, a, you know, an Army vet coming in as a police officer? He encouraged me, and I signed up, applied, um, took all the exams, and I uh, got into the Kansas Law Enforcement Training Center. I was old enough to probably be most of my class, classmates' father uh, out there, but um, made it through, got out on the street, and worked as a patrol officer for several years. Danny, that is so impressive and very heartwarming, actually, if you ask me. We got about a minute left. Uh, I just wondered, Danny, with all the different things that you've done and pursuing your passions and just being able to live out your calling, what words of advice or encouragement would you give to somebody that's trying to discover their purpose and who God created them to be? Well, you say discover their purpose. Um, it, it's not like you're going to hit a milestone and all of a sudden just have received, you know, what your, your calling is. Um, you know, the, the purpose of your life is to use your own experience and your own transformation to help transform the world, help transform others, help make it a better place. Uh, service to the world, service to God is what's going to make it a better place. And, you know, if somebody mentored you at one point, take a turn around and mentor somebody else. Just don't give up. Just uh, enjoy the journey. Amen. Danny, I want to thank you so much for taking the time to come on the show today. It has been an honor and a privilege talking to you. Uh, it's my honor, Paul. All right, Danny, thank you so much. When we come back from the break, we'll reflect on the lessons of servant leadership that we've heard from today's guest. Stay with us. We'll be right back.
If you're interested in connecting with Dr. Paul McCullough or interested in being featured on the show, contact Jacob Media Partners via LinkedIn. Now, back to Serving Our Nation. Welcome back to Serving Our Nation on News Talk 1400 WOND. I'm your host, Reverend Dr. Paul McCullough. And as we close out today's show, let's just briefly talk about what we've heard from our guest. In the beginning of this program, I talked to you about how you can serve in so many different capacities, and the guest today really demonstrated how that is true. You heard from Kristen Meeker, Mark's wife, how you can serve in your community. She's an educator, she is a counselor, and she was able to serve all of those students, and then at the same time, she was serving her own children and using what she learned to help her family, to help her husband. When you talk about serving through faith, you heard Danny Nolan talk about how he is using his gifts to be a worship leader. And he did that part-time for a bit, and now he does that on a volunteer basis. But he has a heart for worship. He has a heart for using his musical talents with his wife to serve others, to usher them in to a spirit of worship. And when you talk about serving in the military, you heard from Mark how he's used his gifts and his desire to understand technology and tinker with things and so forth to serve countless people in the military. You heard him talk about how he gave an opportunity to a young person that made a mistake when he was in company command, and years later, that person was in a leadership position because Mark N. Meeker gave him a second chance. How many times does somebody make a mistake in your life that you have a chance to forgive them? And if you offer that forgiveness, not only is it good for your own heart and your own soul, but it can have a dramatic effect on the person that you give that forgiveness to. And finally, when you talk about serving your family, this is the month of the military child. And you heard from Danny and Mark and Kristen how they have served their own kids, despite deployments and all the trials and tribulations that come with the military life. They have made a conscious effort to serve their children, to be a family unit, to come together. And I really love the comment that Danny made. Everything that we do is about service, really, to the world. Not just to our nation, but to the world. Because we want to leave this place better than we found it. We want to use the unique gifts, talents, and abilities that God has given us to serve other people while we're here. Because your legacy is not about how much money you make or how fast your car is or how big your house is. It's about how you loved other people. Very quickly, each week I talk to you about putting good into the universe brings it back to you in some capacity. And up until this morning, I wasn't sure what I was going to share with you. But this morning, after I got up and had my prayer time and such, I was on my computer and I was looking at my email and there was an email from one of the people that I work with. And he was talking about how he was very appreciative of all the additional work that I had taken on and all the additional load and and taking on somebody else's duties. And through the course of that email, he let me know that I was going to be rewarded in very tangible ways. And he gave me such words of affirmation in that email. And let me tell you, hearing that, reading that, and quite honestly, I read it a couple of times to just let it digest. There's really something 
beautiful about just that blessing, right? I just wanted to be able to serve the team and do what my boss needed me to do. But it came back as a blessing to me when he's going to honor me in a very tangible way. And so I just want to put that out there because week after week, the universe brings good back to you when you put good into it. Next week, I've got some very, very special guests for you. I have a friend of mine. His name is Sergeant Major Frank Swerko, and he is presently serving as a Sergeant Major in Bosnia in a NATO unit. So he's going to be my guest in the first half. And in the second half, I am honored to tell you that my two children are going to be my guest in the second half to wrap up the month of the military child. My son is 17 years old. My daughter is going to be 13 in a month. And let me tell you, they have been through quite a bit in being with me in my military career. So please make it a point to join us next week. I also want to remind you to sign up for my Spotify and Apple podcast. Get on that mailing list through my website at reverenddrpaul.com. That's R-E-V-D-R-Paul.com. And when you go there, you can look back at the previous episodes on the page from my show. Listen, as you go about your week, no matter where you're at, always ask, how can I help? Thanks for listening, and join us again next week. I'm still